Welcome back to the Fit CFO Show. I'm your host, Amanda Hanquist, and together with my husband, Sean, we created this podcast as a way to help you reach your business's financial goals. We will break down common financial myths and mistakes in business and share with you the tools and knowledge to take your business to the next level. Our hope is that you will become financially equipped for success in your business and in turn help our mission to make this world a healthier place. Do you continually find yourself unprepared for tax time each year? Barely having enough time to get your receipts and expenses slapped together for your accountant? Let alone even thinking about strategizing for your taxes that will be due. Well, today on the show, we're gonna talk about why October is the best time of year to start thinking about taxes and We're going to give you specific ways that health and fitness professionals can save on taxes for the upcoming tax season. This is an info-packed podcast, so you may want to take some notes. This is the Fit CFO Show. Hey guys, good morning. Sean and Amanda here with Fit CFO Show. It's good to be back. I just feel like this whole season has gone so quickly and all of a sudden it's October. I can't remember if it was on like Joe Rogan or what it was, but it was like a brief segment of all these newscasters saying it's October already. It's October already. It's October already. Like saying all these different, can't believe it's October. (laughs) And I just feel like that. So anyway, but it is October and it just feels weird to even say that. I know. And it's fine by, but uh, October is a fun time of year uh, as far as I love the fall and football and taxes <laughs> and hunting. That's that's my fall. So Sean is in the process of picking out a new truck because I don't know if some of you are aware, but clear back in June, I was taking our son to a football game and got stuck on the interstate in a very very, very, very severe hailstorm. And it was terrifying. And essentially it totaled the truck, but the first adjuster that came to look at it totally lowballed us and put us through the runaround. And so since June, we've gotten the runaround, the runaround, the runaround, and we finally got another adjuster to come and look at his truck and was like, yeah, dude, this thing is toast. And so now finally, after however many months that is, Sean gets to decide, does he want to stick with the Raptor or does he want to get something different? Yeah, this is, it's been tough. It's kind of been bittersweet because it's like, um, I'm glad that it's total and we don't have to go through that process of it being at the shop for months. Um, but on the other hand, I wasn't ready to go shopping for a truck. So I've literally wasted I want to say days of my life trying to decide <laughs> what kind of new vehicle I want. It would kind of suck driving around a, a beat up truck. Like it was actually kind of funny. I'd pull in the parking lots and it was like this nice Raptor, this Ford Raptor that is just like literally it, looked like someone took a machine gun to it. Yeah, and <laughs> for this dude to say, I think he was trying to give us what, like $17,000 for it or something. And we're like, um, no, <laughs> Uh, yeah, the repair costs. The once it got into the mechanic shop, the guy's like, "No, that's not even." No way. So, um, but yeah, it's been kind of a fun conversation starter. But yeah, a little embarrassing driving around a total truck the last <laughs> four months. And yeah, was... oh geez. But now, um, it's all taken care of. It's behind us. 
So we'll um, post it on the gram on what he decides to get. So as we talked, it is October already. And it's kind of one of those months where you don't really think about it, but it is the most ideal month to start talking about tax planning. And so I thought I'd bring Sean on here today to talk about this because that is his specialty. And specifically, we're going to give you guys some tips that health and fitness entrepreneurs can do for this upcoming tax season. Um, and then we're going to obviously tell you why October is the perfect time to start talking about it. So this is an info packed session. So you may want to grab some, you know, notes, take down some notes because we are going to give you guys a lot of information. So let's get to it. Yep. So October is going to be a busy month um, going through all the tax planning meetings with clients and running strategy. Um, but I absolutely love it. Like it, it's, it's really fun to dive into people's practices and, and kind of see um, what their income is for the year, how much they've grown. But then that also comes with a tax problem. So then that's where we're putting together strategy to try to save them as much as we can on taxes. And um, we have a few questions laid out to ask, um, to ask you because you are clearly an expert. You're amazing at what you do. Um, but I think there's some differentials between what you do and, um, maybe what some other professionals in the industry do, but let's talk about, let's begin by talking about being proactive when it comes to taxes. What does that actually mean when you hear somebody, you know, saying being proactive when it comes to taxes? I would have to say that has like, um, to me, it means you have a plan and you are on top of things when it comes to your income and tax liability for the year. And um, you've put together certain strategies to be able to save as much money as you can on taxes. That would be being very proactive on your um, business and on your taxes. And then on the reactive side is um, you just going throughout the year, um, maybe you have your bookkeeping, maybe you have your books in order, maybe you don't, but the numbers are what the numbers are. And then come March, April, when you're filing your taxes, you just have the data inputted with your CPA accountant and you file your taxes and your tax bill is what it is. Well, not only that, but going back to being proactive, I mean, tax laws are always changing. And when you're just reactive to what's going on, you aren't going to see things coming. Um, you know, for example, the accelerated bonus deduction mm -hmm. is changing this year. I mean, it's been a hundred percent since I don't remember when they started implementing a hundred percent bonus depreciation, but it's changing in December. Yeah, it's actually first of the year that it's going to be changing. So we got till the end of this year to um, take advantage of bonus depreciation and 100%. So yeah, if, if you're not on top of that and you don't get things done this year, um, you miss out on those kind of strategies. And um, is it appropriate to write off 100% of your vehicle this year? I would have to say it depends. Mm -hmm. If you have a phenomenal year of income growth and have great profits, then it could be a, a huge benefit for you. Now, if you're running a, a low margin, low profitability business, then maybe that sort of strategy doesn't make as much sense, but at least you have options when yeah. you are um, being proactive and on top of things and on top of your business. 
Yep. Yep. Exactly. If you're just waiting until March, April, when you file either your business return or your personal return, you could be missing out on, on opportunities that are no longer available. So let's talk about that a little bit. Why is your CPA or your accountant reactive and not proactive? And what's the difference? Yeah. So in most situations you're hiring your CPA or accountant to file your tax return. And that is just a, a reactive type of transaction. Uh, when you're hiring to file the taxes, they're implementing the data that you give them to file a compliant return within the IRS. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where most relationships lie. And a lot of business owners don't know what they don't know. Um, and the accountants and CPAs are extremely busy come that time of year. So they're not sitting down and taking time and explaining you know, the, the difference between strategy and then tax preparation. It's just tax prep, tax prep. Let's get hundreds of thousands of clients through the door to obviously get the returns filed because they have to be filed. Yeah. And when we come on here and, and talk about the difference between a CPA or your accountant and you know a certified you know, somebody that is going to be planning ahead of time, we're not doing it to knock on a CPA. We're doing it because we, w- we want to inform you of what their role is in comparison to this other role. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of times your tax planner or your financial planner, they are not going to be filing your taxes for you. They're not going to know or make be making sure that the checks and balances are compliant. That's not their job either. So they have two completely different roles. Not one is wrong. They're just different roles yeah. in the industry. Yeah, I, just, I feel like you just need to know what you're going into the relationship and what you're getting um, because a CPA, your accountant more likely is is very comparable and, and probably could do the tax planning and tax strategy for you um, if they have those tools available. And I'm sure they, and I'm sure they do. It's just, you're not hiring them to do that. And it's the you know, time of year that it just things are getting missed because it's busy, busy, busy. And like you said, you're not hiring them to do that. So I think a lot of times um, business owners go in with the expectation that that is what they're going to get. And what did I pay for? I just paid for you to push paper through. And it's like, yeah, actually that, that is what you did pay for. Um, And so a lot of times, you know, your CPA might say, oh, Hey, you know, you, you could maybe reduce your taxable situation yeah. if you got an IRA real quick, but that's going to be, you know, something that they see after the fact, again, it's, it's a reactive approach. It's not something that you're pre-planning mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so the, the pre, uh, the being the like proactive portion of it, it's, it's happening throughout the year. And mm-hmm. when you're engaging with a, a CPA firm, when they're outside of tax season, they're doing corporate audits. So like these major firms are just extremely effing busy doing audits. The structure of their business, it, it's tax season and then it's audit season. Sure. Like where like, uh, like our firm, we got, we got tax season, but then we got like tax planning because we're not doing the audits because right. we're not the CPA firm that is doing tax prep and then audits, if right. that makes sense. Filling in their downtime with um, corporate audits and things like that. Yeah. So that, that's going to be taking like the, the off season of tax prep, it's taking up all their time. Whereas, and that's when firms like us, we're meeting with our clients and doing the, the, the proactive tax planning strategies. Well, and that's because we are so niched down specifically to the health and fitness industry. We can really cater to what it is that industry needs. That industry doesn't need corporate audits completed. 
right? Yeah, yeah. So just completely different. And yeah, like you said, there's no right or wrong. It's just the service and the offering that we're providing is just a little bit different than a lot of your CPA firms. What are some ways? So let's get into tax, you know, why why we talked about being October and being a good season to get started on tax planning. What are some ways health and fitness professionals can save on taxes this coming season? So the big one comes to mind for me. Um, we've got a number of them that we utilize, but like, for example, retirement contributions, um, that is a big one that it's, it's a good time of year to know what your profitability is going to be and what kind of tax liability you're going to have. So then you can kind of start designing your um, retirement plan for your business. And if you use um, like a solo 401k, for example, you have an option of doing employee contributions to that 401k, but they need to be done before year end. And that is the beauty behind doing the tax planning now is then if you do it in October, you still have time to open up the solo 401k to do the actual contributions before December 31st. Right. right. Yeah, because there are um, some caveats with retirement account contributions. Some of them you can wait up until the very last minute and, um, you know, contribute for your, your tax liability. Some you have to do within the calendar year that you want it to occur. So, so So like another one of our strategies is a SEP IRA. So SEP IRA, um, you don't necessarily have to do those until tax filing time. So you could do those after the end of the year. But what we've found is, um, sometimes that'll limit, um, your contributions, um, just based on the business structure and profitability. So uh, if you want to maximize contributions, then we've been finding out the solo 401ks in, in, um, position a little bit better for that. So if you miss out on the December 31st um, employee contributions, then you're going to be coming at tax filing time and not being able to get enough put away for tax deferral to save you uh, uh, like what you want to like maximize tax savings come, come um, tax return time. Yeah. And we, we actually do have a lot of, of, of clients who are, who are both. And so being able to keep those straight is kind of important too. Yeah. And then also working with a professional to know um, what you need as in, I kind of, I ran into a situation uh, with a client here last week. It's a new client that came on board that has been contributing to a SEP IRA all year. And um, through our, um, a, analysis or my analysis of their business, we determined that a, a solo 401k would be in a better um, position for their business and their profitability. Um, but as you dive into the actual IRS code, you can't have in most situations, uh, an active um, separate IRA and an active solo 401k. Yeah. And you run the risk if you not working with a professional and then you do something like that and implement the solo 401k this year. And then um, if you would ever get audited down the road, mm-hmm. um, you could run the risk of having that like disqualified and, and all that money could be taxable and it, it yeah. could just create a shit show if you're not familiar with the IRS like rules and laws around retirement accounts. So um, when you dive down into this, it seems simple, like when you hear IRAs and whatnot, but there are some caveats that you need to know about. Yeah. And and these are surefire ways too. If you're contributing to both, that's, you know, that could be a red flag for an audit as well. So you just want to be careful on some of those things. 
Yeah. Another, um, I guess, so retirement's a big one that we work with. Um, the Augusta strategy is another one we work with. Um, this is another one that it, it's starting now to be like out there and social media and starting to get out there that people are finding out about the Augusta strategy. But what I'm finding out is I talk to people. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about it. CPAs talked about it. I've heard about it but I've never actually implemented it. Yeah, it sounds cool in theory, but I think it's because it sounds cool, but what the heck do I actually have to do? Yeah, and we've laid out like in our process that the, the like two or three things that you need to do to actually implement it. And I feel like it's just, I, entrepreneurs are just so busy. Mm -hmm. They're not, they just don't want to sit down and write out like the contract and transfer the money and call you know, um, venues to see what the average rental rates are so they can yeah. transfer that amount. It's just like, honestly, it would take a half hour, maybe if someone's work or um, time during their working day to actually implement it, but it never actually gets implemented. We find out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's another one you want to get done before years up. And I think if you did it the first year, if you would just do it one year, you would realize yeah okay, for the following years, it's, it's just that much easier because you have a system down. Yeah. And, and uh, our goal is to hold someone accountable so it actually does get implemented. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, like I mentioned earlier, that's another one you want to get done before the year's up because you can miss out on that. And it's a very um, nice tax deduction. Yeah. And that's a current calendar year strategy. So you have to have that done by 1231. Yep. Um, and actually make the transfers and, and do everything that you need to do. But um, Augusta strategies one. And then uh, another one was bonus depreciation that um, you talked about earlier that needs yeah. to be done before year end. Yep. Uh, so if you're going to take advantage of the, the bonus depreciation, you probably better know where you're at for tax liability wise to see if it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've heard of this one being brought up on some influencer um, pages Buy a new Land Rover, Range Rover, Escalade, mm -hmm. you know, that sounds pretty dang sexy, right? But does it really make sense for your taxable situation to be buying a depreciating asset if you're not profitable? Hmm. Let's like make sure, right? Yeah. Um, but so tax planning is something that you got to plan for and and it's year by year. So it's never a one and done, mm -hmm. right? Exactly. We may lose out on the bonus depreciation this year and, but that's fine. We maybe not need it, but, but we're planning on having profitable years next year, a year after something's yeah. changing in the business. So let's just plan for purchasing that new vehicle next year. Maybe we don't get it depreciated all out, but at least we need some tax write-offs and some of the depreciation will be better than nothing. So yeah. let's hold off on that vehicle. Right. Well, and maybe you don't want to depreciate the whole thing out this particular year. Maybe you want to save it for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of, um, rabbit holes we could go down on depreciation and and different expenses but um knowing where you're at for the tax year and having a plan is going to make a world of difference absolutely and i wanted to talk a little bit about business entity selection so i, I would think that a lot of you um a lot of the strategies that we've talked about you guys have probably been in business for a little bit and you probably do have you know your llc set up however i just wanted to kind of mention Having an LLC set up and the fact that you can choose to have an S corp election. I wanted you to get into that a little bit and yeah. when and why somebody would want to have that S corp election on an LLC. 
Yeah, I would have to say this is like one of those low hanging fruits that like a lot of business owners need to look into mm -hmm. as they become more profitable. You know, so like a rule of thumb when you get profits above thirty to fifty thousand, or maybe you got like business revenue one hundred thousand or more, you might want to start looking into this. And I want to preface that like it doesn't fit everybody's situation, so definitely work with a tax professional or, you know, your financial professional to see if it makes sense for you because state by state could be different and how you run your businesses could be different than other people, how they're running theirs. But at the end of the day, the, the S corp election, we do find that is something that most our industry, our entrepreneurs that we work with are benefiting from. Mm -hmm. And um, the advantage of the S corp election is, um, they, it's, it's called like tax favor, tax favored characterization of net income. So your that's net, helpful. let's break, let's break. I probably could not say that 10 times. <laughs> over Good. Like the first time. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, your net income, um, from the business would not be subject to self-employment taxes, which is FICA and social security tax. And, um, as a, sole proprietor LLC or just a, a sole proprietor, you're subject to paying self-employment taxes on all the net income um, that the business produces up to a certain limit. I don't know what this year is. It's like 141,000 or something. But um, whereas in the S Corp, you can pay yourself a smaller salary or a reasonable salary, we should say. And then you're going to pay FICA taxes on that salary, but anything over and beyond that salary amount, um, the net income comes to you free of any self-employment taxes. And that is a 15.3% savings on, on every dollar of net income. So, Which depending on your net income could be pretty, pretty substantial. Pretty, subs pretty substantial. Like just a quick... Yeah, if you're one of those entrepreneurs that has, you know, filed their LLC just to cover their butts, they're they were a sole proprietor and they got bigger, they got their LLC because they knew they needed to cover their butts and separate their personal life from their business. But now you're making a pretty good amount of money. You do want to look into having that S Corp election for your LLC. Um, oh, you were going to give an example. Yeah. So like if you had a hundred thousand dollars of net business income, and then you paid yourself, let's say a $50,000 salary, you're going to pay, you know, federal and state and FICA taxes on that 50,000. And then on the 50,000 remaining a profit, you're going to pay your federal and state taxes on the $50,000, but you get to avoid the 15.3% self-employment tax. So if you had $50,000, what time 15.3%, that's a little over $7,600 of self-employment tax that you would avoid that you could put in your pocket and keep in your business. Yep. That is just, why would we want to leave the IRS a tip, right? Like, yeah. I know that you could do a lot with $7,600. Mm-hmm. And there are some variables there and you would need to run a, a, a tax calculator to make sure it makes sense for you and, and work with a professional. But that's just a high level of how it works in the S-Corp election. So if you have not looked into that, you kind of need to bring that up with your, your tax professional. Yep, absolutely. I love it. So business entity selection is one of the, the biggest 
ways that um, you can benefit with tax saving strategy. Um, it's kind of an early on tool. So if you haven't implemented it yet, you've been in business a while, you're making, you know, at least a hundred thousand dollars in, in business um, income, you definitely want to be looking into that S corp election. Um, you know, the Augusta rule, you can literally rent your house from yourself or your business and your business pays you um, up to 14 days per year. It is probably more difficult the first time, just like anything else. The first time you do it, it's going to be the most difficult, but essentially it might take you 30 minutes to implement. And then year after year, it'll be easier and easier. Um, so it's definitely something that you want to implement. We maybe I'll link the reel in there because I think on the reel, we have literally step-by-step -step directions on how to do it. Yeah, that would be, that'd be super cool. Yeah. I'll link the reel in the show notes on how to do the Augusta strategy. Um, and then number three, the retirement account contributions, like you talked about having the SEP IRA or an individual 401k. And then, you know, these, there's some caveats to each one. And so you want to make sure that you're not, um, you know, you're working with a professional so that you're doing everything the correct way, because you guys are busy. You guys are busy doing what you do best. And, you know, Sean, for example, is a professional that is continually studying the rules and regulations on these things. He's a certified uh, financial planner. So he knows a lot about this stuff. You want to make sure that you're working with a professional. So um, I do want to mention on the business, a business entity selection in order to be like, guaranteed accepted for the S corp election, you need to get that by March 15th of the calendar year that you're working on. Um, if you miss out because a lot of people may come to us mid-year mm -hmm. and we've identified that, hey, it might be better to move to an S-Corp. Um, you can file that later in the year, but you need to include some language around the late filing. And it's not a guarantee, but everyone that we've submitted have, has been accepted um, after the the March 15th deadline for the taxable year. So just keep in mind that, you know, it's not guaranteed. They may not accept the late filing because a lot of times, you know, between January and March 15th, you're probably not thinking of S corp election. You're probably just thinking about getting your, <laughs> your income and your, your expenses all categorized and put together for the CPA so they can file your taxes. Cause you're not, you know, probably organized. So um, <laughs> we've talked about that. <laughs> so, so just think, you know, later in the year, you can um, and do that and, and get a, a late filing in, but just keep in mind, it might not be accepted. And then also like when you go down that S corp election, you become an employee of your business. So you really got to start treating it as a business and you have to go on payroll and, and actually get it W-2 paycheck from your business. So it changes um, and it can add some uh, complexity and some expense. So we have to make sure we got to make sure that it, the savings and, and everything's worthwhile going down that route. Yep. You want to make sure it's worth the expense because there is some cost when you are a W-2 employee for your business. There's, you know, the FICA and, and social security, but it is also not necessarily a bad thing to be contributing to your social security too. So. And that could be a whole nother podcast of, okay, reducing social, social security and FICA tax. And what is the impact on my social security income come at retirement? But for this podcast, we're talking about tax <laughs> savings, <laughs> uh, reducing the tax bill and, and utilizing all the strategies that do so. Such nerds. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, shoot. So 
again, just to kind of recap this episode real quick, what it actually means to be proactive when it comes to your taxes is not, you know, there are things that you could be doing throughout the year so that you're not waiting until the very end and possibly missing out on opportunities that needed to have happened December 31st. Um, and so being proactive is, is great. October is a really good time to start talking about this. A lot of times when you're working with a financial planner, they're not going to want to do stuff you know, December 15th through December 31st, they're not going to want to be filing IRAs and, you know, putting in paperwork for that. And a lot of times, you know, the, they might be backed up too. So October is ideal for that. Um, why is your CPA or your accountant more reactive to tax strategy and not proactive? And what's the difference? Sean, I'm going to let you kind of reiterate that. Yeah. So being reactive, that's just, um, getting the numbers handed to you and, and, doing data entry into the software and filing your taxes. Um, and then the tax bill will be, uh, be what it'll be and being proactive. That is knowing where you're at throughout the year. Um, a really good time is the fourth quarter. So, you know, October, November, it kind of is a good indicator of how your business is done for the year. And then you can really uh, put together pretty accurate project, uh, projections of what the tax liability is going to be. And then you can go through all the different strategies to try to reduce your tax liability, especially if you're running an extremely profitable business. Now, if you're not running a profitable business, the uh, tax strategy is probably not that important to you because if you're not paying any taxes, then <laughs> Uh, if you have no profits, then it's well, not a big whole, deal. Again, a whole nother episode is why it's not always a bad thing to be paying taxes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the clients that we work with and, and everybody's goal is to make money and become financially independent. So that usually means having a profitable business um, and we need to do so and, and create the wealth and not let taxes eat up um, yeah. all our wealth building monies. You're a profitable business. You're going to pay some taxes. We just don't want to leave the IRS a tip. Yeah, Exactly. Yep. And then some different ways that health and fitness professionals can save on taxes this upcoming season is again, the business entity selection. Um, specifically, we talked about the LLC is one of the most common forms of entity selection, but do you need to be filing as an S corp election? Maybe, maybe not, but it's something that you may want to look into. Um, the second one we talked about was the Augusta rule. Um, you know, more and more people are realizing this strategy, but a lot of people are not implementing it and it's really quite simple to implement. So, um, like I said, I'm going to link the reel that we did that has the directions on how to implement the Augusta rule into our show notes. And it's basically just renting your home. If you own a home, um, from your business for your business, from yourself, um, and basically your business pays you for it. And then the third one is re retirement account contributions, SEP IRAs, solo 401 or, um, 401ks. What am I trying to say? Uh, solo 401ks, individual yeah. 401ks. Individual. That's the word I was <laughs> looking for and not finding in there. So did I miss anything? I think we're good. Um, I hope the strategies put together here could benefit um, everybody listening. Some people are already taking advantage of retirement contributions, entity selection, the Augusta rule, um, you know, more power to you. But the ones that are not, I, I think these are pretty low hanging fruit that definitely need to get implemented um, as soon as possible. If yep. you want to yeah, obviously not give the IRS a tip. Absolutely. Well, we are so excited to continue to bring you guys topics such as this. 
we hope you've learned a lot and we will catch you guys in the next one. If you like this episode, please be sure to subscribe and turn on your notifications so that you don't miss a beat. We'd love it if you share this podcast, your Instagram story, your Facebook page, or any of your other social media platforms so that we can help other health and fitness entrepreneurs out there succeed in business. We so appreciate you listening in and until next time, keep your goals high, but keep each step attainable. Oh, 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 oh,